Welcome to the Intellectual Freedom Podcast. Here we analyze politics, culture, technology, and society at large through the lens of critical thinking and open-mindedness, not demagoguery and partisan hyperbole. I'm Dr. David Hopkins, Humanities Professor, your host and guide. So without further delay, let's get started. Plato's Allegory of the Cave is one of the most well-known philosophical fables in history. You can read this allegory yourself in Plato's book, The Republic. It's in book number seven, I believe. But the basic premise is as old as humanity itself. Can and how do humans perceive reality? And, And whether or not there is any higher truth to existence than the plain old average workaday world we live in on a more practical scale, which I really want to focus on in this podcast, is how our minds limit our perceptions. And if we can expand our perceptions, is it possible to find truth and meaning in our personal world, in a a world you're living and I'm living, and are, are there things we're missing that could enhance our lives or make our lives more meaningful. So, is the world as we know it actually real? Now, you may say, of of course it is. I'm alive and I'm experiencing things. I have friends, family, jobs. I have moments where I experience joy and I also have moments when I'm really sad and depressed. Maybe someone close to me dies. So, hell yes, this world is really real. It's not some figment of my imagination. Yet, if everything is real, tangible, or objective, why in the world do different people react completely different to the exact same thing? Here's a very real example. Kneeling for the national anthem. It's such a hot-button topic, and for many, this evokes a visceral angry hate at the disrespect shown to the flag. For many, though, it's applauded. It's seen as a protest, as a signal calling for racial justice in an unjust world. And then for other people, quite frankly, they simply don't even care or have an opinion. What is the real truth behind the action? You see, the perceptions of things They shape our actions and our reactions. Real events, like kneeling for the national anthem, they can evoke completely different responses from different people. We often get very indignant and downright upset when people refuse to see things our way because we are certain our view is real and proper and correct. We then often resort to personal attacks to the other side to justify why our reality is correct. Oh, you won't support kneeling for the flag? Well, then you must be a racist and one of those white privileged people. Or uh, if you support kneeling for the flag, well, you must hate the military and hate the United States of America. See, this visceral anger reminds me of a very ancient Buddhist text. And it dates all the way back to around 500 BC or so. And it's a parable of the elephant and the blind man. And it goes a little something like this. So I'm going to kind of read through this here so you can get a flavor for it. So long ago, six old men, they lived in a village in India. 
Each was born blind. The other villagers loved the old men and kept them away from harm. Since the blind men could not see the world for themselves, they had to imagine many of its wonders. They listened carefully to the stories that were told by travelers to learn what they could about life outside the village. The men were curious about many of the stories they heard, but they were most curious about elephants. They were told that elephants could trample forests, carry huge burdens, and frighten young and old with their loud trumpet calls. But they also knew that the Raja's daughter, which is one of the the village wise people, rode on an elephant when she traveled in her father's kingdom. Would the Raja let his daughter get near such a dangerous creature? The old men argued, day and night about elephants, since they couldn't see them. An elephant must be a powerful giant, claimed the first blind man. He had heard stories about elephants being used to clear forests and build roads. No, no, you must be wrong, argued the second blind man. An elephant must be graceful and gentle if a princess is allowed to ride on its back. You're wrong. I've heard that an elephant can pierce a man's heart with its terrible horn, said the third blind man. Please, said the fourth blind man, you're all mistaken. An elephant is nothing more than a large sort of cow. You know how people exaggerate. I'm sure that an elephant is something magical, said the fifth blind man. That would explain why Raja's daughter can travel safely throughout the kingdom. I don't believe elephants exist at all, declared the sixth blind man. I, I think we're all the victims of some cruel joke. Finally, the villagers just flat out grew tired of all these arguments and they arranged for the curious men to visit the palace of the Raja to learn the truth about elephants and then this young boy from the village was elected to guide the blind men on their journey uh, the smallest put his hand on the boy's shoulder and so on and so forth they were led led in to to see this elephant so the first blind man when he they're finally taken to the elephant Uh, He reaches out and he touches the side of this huge animal. And the elephant is smooth and solid like a wall, he declared. It must be very powerful. The second blind man put out his hand um, and he touched the trunk and said the elephant is like a giant snake. The third blind man felt the elephant's pointed tusk and he says, I was right. This creature is as sharp and deadly as a spear. The fourth blind man touched one of the elephant's four legs. What we have here, he said, is an extremely large cow. The fifth blind man felt the elephant's giant ear and and said, I believe an elephant is like a huge fan or maybe a magic carpet that can fly over the mountains and the treetops. The sixth blind man gave a tug on the elephant's coarse tail. Why, this is nothing more than a piece of old rope. Dangerous indeed, he scoffed. The gardener led his friends to to the shade of a tree and said sit here and rest before we go home and while they were all sitting there of course the blind men began discussing and which led to a heated argument and the first blind man said an elephant's like a wall surely we can finally agree on that another said a wall an elephant is a giant snake and the next one it's a spear i tell you the fourth one i'm certain it's a giant cow the next one it no it's a magic carpet there's no doubt don't you see pleaded the sixth man someone used a rope to trick us there is no elephant and this argument continued and their shouts got louder and louder as they were saying wall snake spear cow carpet rope and then finally Raja, the, the, the ruler, he comes out and just says, stop shouting. 
He says, how can each of you be so certain that you're right? The six blind men considered the question. And then knowing the Raja to be a very wise man, they decided to say nothing at all. The elephant is a very large animal, said the Raja kindly. Each man touched only one part. Perhaps if you put the parts together, you will see the truth. And so finally, when their friend who had led them there returned to the garden with with the water, the six men rested quietly. And then they said, he's right. To learn the truth, we must put all the parts together. Let's discuss this on our journey home. So the moral of this story is our perceptions based on what we see, we hold them out to be truth, to be fact, to be definitive. Yet, if we can just step back and look at bigger and more deeply, we can see that maybe, just maybe, we don't have the perfect knowledge. What we have is the knowledge based on our limited perceptions of the world as we see it. This is very hard for all of us, myself included. Yet, how many times do you see memes and comments on social media like, I can't believe so-and-so is so stupid. How are they so blind? Trump supporters are sure anyone who doesn't support him must be utterly and ridiculously insane or agents hoping to turn America communist. Biden supporters are sure anyone who would vote for Donald Trump must at some level be a racist, fascist, sexist, misogynist. We act very certain in our perceptions. We hold out this confidence, or dare I call it pride, maybe even egotism, that what we see is the way life actually is. But the way others see it must certainly be wrong, sort of like those blind men in the fable. There's real danger in this. Our perceptions... As we get older and more mature and more wise, our perceptions need to grow and expand, not shrink and get more rigid. So, let's review the allegory of the cave, which is the thrust of this podcast, and let's analyze it for more insight. It goes something like this. I want you to imagine seeing a prisoner in a dark cave. And this prisoner has been there literally since childhood. They've been, they're chained with legs and neck fixed in just one position. And they're, they're literally forced to just stare at one wall and, and they can't look around at all. Now, the prisoners are aware of others to their immediate left and to their right, but they cannot see them. And not even, there's not even a mirror to have an idea of what they look like. The only reality they know is straight in front of their face. This reality is under control every day, every night, all the time. As someone is, as these people, they're left entirely unaware of, of anything going on around them. So what are your chains? You're born with some of them, your race, your sex, your family, the country of origin, the socioeconomic background you come from. Where Were you raised in a religious household? Did you even really have a family? Or were you born an orphan and without family or maybe into an abusive family? See, our, these are chains. These are 
perceptions that we are born with. Some of them are wonderful, positive, and great, and others are limiting, constricting, and confining. And chains can even be placed on us later in life. Some people become chained by addictions, others with materialism and money. Others get chained by a fixation on their career. Others become chained by image and social media. And yes, some get chained into ideologies with politics. Some are manipulated to think it must be this way or the world will end as we know it. We're living in one such moment right now, both the left and the right of the political extremes in society today. So the question to you is, what is chaining you down? In what areas in life are you fixated in a negative way and holding you back? What perceptions do you have that are kind of like those blind men that they can't even consider any other opinion? Now, some might just literally be chained by fear to step out and look at something new. You need to consider this in your own life. What has you chained to a chair Staring at a wall, unable to see like a prisoner in the allegory of the cave. And the only reality you consider is what is straight in front of your face. And anything that conflicts with your worldview, you reject it straight out. But let's get back to this story. So, our prisoner, behind the masses of these chained people to their fixed position is a fire. And between the fire and the people chained is this raised walkway. And it's from this position that there are other people that are not chained and they're carrying puppets of humans, of animals, of other material things. The puppeteers, they don't cast any shadows as they're shielded. Just the instruments they carry create the projections on the wall that the prisoners think is real. The puppet shadows are reflections from the fire and the only sounds that the prisoners ever hear are people talking indistinctly and these are echoing off the cave walls. Of course, since the perceptions are so limited, everyone believes the sounds themselves are coming from the shadows because they have no perception of anything more than that. So, see, we allow ourselves in the modern world to be manipulated far too easy. I've talked in the past about the mechanisms of control used by mainstream media political parties and institutions such as the education system, it is so vitally important that we question those that have power in society to ensure they're serving the good, serving their intended purpose. As often we don't even realize it, but others are controlling or seeking to control not just our thoughts and ideas, but our actual physical movements. Some of the extremes of COVID-19 lockdowns are showing us just to what extent governments will go to control physical movement and physical activities. Yet, sometimes it isn't abstractions like institutions or governments that are attempting to manipulate us, but sometimes, and this is the hardest one, our own family and our own relationships. Rather than being supportive and uplifting, they tend to tear down or manipulate And when this is the case, very hard conversations need to be had as to the value of the relationship versus the cost. Otherwise, like these prisoners, you yourself could find your only reality is shaped by those people like these puppeteers projecting images on a wall and you yourself 
become sucked into this reality that what you believe is right is actually just what someone else wants you to believe. So then back to the story once again. And there really seems to be, there's no other basis for reality for these prisoners except these images that are projected on a wall. There, there's no deep, there's no deeper depth of perception because they literally are so sucked into this image. It's, it's a tragic and it's a terrible existence. But then try and imagine by some bizarre stroke of luck, the one prisoner wiggles free from the shackles. So the person stands up very shakily and un- unsure at first because, of course, they've been chained down forever. Then they look around and they see the fire behind them. And the fire burns the eyes initially as they have never seen anything real, only shadows projected from behind them. So as the prisoner looks around more, the person is horrified and confused as they see another live human being for the very first time in their life. They can't believe and they can't imagine that it could even possibly be real. And they're so unsure of what to do and the thoughts are just racing through this prisoner's mind. Should he flee back to the comfort he's known? Should he run? Should he escape? It's just a a huge, intense moment. You know, this prisoner was had a choice. We don't know what the choice is just yet, but that moment, that moment of fear and anxiety and anger and apprehension, in our modern world, you know what we do when we reach that in the modern world most of the time? This is that moment when we block friends on social media. This is where we try and shout down somebody and be louder than them when we're having a conversation. And, and this is where we may just ignore, turn off, or refuse to even consider any opinion that's different from our own. You know, escaping that safe house is hard when we're confronted with things that we don't agree with, that we don't have full understanding of. So it's always easier to just retreat, ignore, block, refuse to listen to than to move forward. Yet the prisoner bravely steps forward and continues. The prisoner ultimately moves past the fire, past the puppeteers that are projecting quote-unquote reality to the masses chained to their chair and and this prisoner comes to the open sunlight it's a stunning revelation for them there's no stopping this person now as they experience the sun the ocean the moon plants a warm breeze life is new and fresh and full of possibilities bigger grander than they could have ever even dreamed of conceiving when they were chained up inside the cave to a wall. It's an entirely different world that's been unleashed. And the great potential this prisoner feels it needs to be shared with everyone. The person races back into the cave and he just can't wait to share this life-altering news with all the others still chained in their fictional existence. It's almost sickening for this person to even re-enter that old world because they've moved so far beyond it. But that information was vital and important enough that it, that it was important that everybody needed to know it. And you know, once a person takes that uncomfortable step, that move into un- the unknown, that willingness to put down whatever preconceived notions they might have, whether it's laced in anger, fear, anxiety, or whatever and they truly escape their situation, a new world opens up 
a new set of possibilities emerge. But it would not have happened for the prisoner if they would have been so scared at that moment when they realized something was different than what they had ever known. And if they would have just retreated straight back to that comfort zone, they would have, it would have ended there. Life would have just existed as it had always existed. But instead, this prisoner needed to push for more, for something new, something dynamic and hard and challenging, as this is where the growth is at. Now, for you, when you reach one of those watershed moments and you have that excitement for the new you, new knowledge, uh, it can't, it just can't stay inside of you. You have to keep moving forward. For you, what is it? Who do you need to serve or help? What do you need to do? What do you need to produce or make or create? What job or career change or new hobby or even new exercise routine or new diet, whatever it is, but it just needs to be done. You need to find that perception. And maybe it is you just need to literally rekindle a relationship that's been hurt because you can't agree on something. For the prisoner in the allegory of the cave, it was really simple. It was just be brave enough to step out of the cave into the sunlight so he could just simply experience being alive for the first time. But for you, there is something more that you need to push into as well. But back to the conclusion of the story. In the case of our prisoner, he was so excited he needed to go back and tell the others. This was his calling. This was his mission. You may guess, though, what happened when he re-entered. Upon re-entering, he burst out. And he was explaining all the wonders of the real world, the sea, the sun, the wind on your face, all these things of the real world, not this suffocating, dark, dank cave. And even explain that, you know, these projections they're throwing on the wall, they're not even real. There's people manipulating you into thinking they're real. But sadly... The cave dwellers, they don't receive the news as the prisoner had hoped. Instead, they were incredulous about it. They labeled the freed prisoner as blind, crazy, a fool, and they would not dare to leave the safety of their current environment for fear of loss or even being killed. And so they reject this perception outright completely. They refuse to explore and to journey on their own. They stay in the comfort of a world that's controlled and organized for them from birth to death. They are content where they are at. See, society needs conformists. Society works most efficiently when most people most of the time are conformists. Political parties They need closed-minded people to follow the party mantra no matter what, without question. Education works efficiently when nobody challenges them. Most people are trained from birth to fit in, follow the rules, and comply. Yes, it is sad, almost pathetic, that the prisoners in our story decided not to experience life to its fullest, but rather sheepishly and compliantly, they decide to live out their days chained to a chair, satisfied enough with images projected on a wall. And that was their reality. Yet many people in our real world are chained for various reasons. 
and will live out their life to death, leaving things unexplored, accumulating wealth, living with pride and missing out on so much, or addicted to a drug or a thing that will literally consume their life. Is that really any different than a person chained to a chair, satisfied with images projected on a wall for their amusement and meek satisfaction? I would say not really. Life is bigger than the wall that you are currently looking at. No matter how comfortable, happy, content, you can do more with your life. You should do more. There is more things out there for you to explore. Many listening may be blessed with material wealth and comfort. So what? Is that all there is for you? Then your chains are comfort and doing pretty darn good. Well, I challenge you. You're a prisoner too. Whatever it may be, your perception is limited somehow and somewhere. And your goal should be, no matter where you are at, to find that thing that holds you back and break it. It takes you not being afraid to just try, to take a step out and to move forward. Challenge yourself to be that prisoner who escaped and dared to find more, to expand their perception, to not let their limited perceptions become the defining characteristic of their lives. They didn't let their their opinions be so ingrained and so egotistical that they can't consider other perceptions. Every person on this planet walks their own journey from life to death. And it's your job and my job. And actually, it's not just a job. It's your obligation and my obligation to explore life beyond our limited perception of things, to push new realms, as in this you become free. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. I hope you found value. The Allegory of the Cave by Plato uh, from the Republic and the Allegory, the Elephant and the Blind Man. They're amazing educational tools for all of us. We find this type of knowledge literally throughout history across cultures and religions. If we're willing to explore them, So remember, I generally publish new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. So if you click like or follow, you're going to be alerted to when new episodes come available. Until the next episode, I hope you have a wonderful week.